called this. It's called gossip. Come on. How many of you have ever gossiped? My hand's raised up. I'm not going to act religious or anything. I've gossiped before. How many of you have never gossiped? We'll gossip today about you not ever gossiping. How many of you ever feel like that's just a struggle? You go, you know, that's just a part of life. That's what everybody does it. So, you know what? I mean, just, I mean, Pastor Bubba, I mean, it, doesn't God just kind of give like a grace pass on this one? And, you know, I'd like to tell you yes, but we think it, we, some of us think it's not a big deal, but, uh, but everybody does it. And so what is gossip? And I found a great definition that Rick Warren says. He says, when you are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. In other words, let's see what God says. I'm, you know, it's good to see maybe what God says about gossip. Wouldn't that be okay? And so Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived, he wrote Proverbs. In one Proverbs 6, in verse 16 and verse 19, he says this, there are six things that the Lord hates. I mean, you know, I don't want any of those. If the Lord hates something, and it says there's seven that are detestable to him. And here's what he is, verse 19. He's going to talk about one. A false witness who pours out lies. And, that, and, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. You know what? Look at me. God hates gossip. I appreciate all these amens this morning. I can just tell which is going to be it. If you're a parent, you know how upset you are if someone talks something that's untrue about your child. Don't you? Come on, someone starts spread, spreading stuff on, you know, on, on, on Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram or there's something. I mean, how many of you know, mamas, come on, how many of you, all of a sudden, some veins begin to contort in your neck. Things begin to happen. Your face becomes red and you want to take someone out. Come on, you know, how many you know what I'm talking about? Because they're talking about your baby. I mean, each time you gossip about someone else, I want you to know that you're spreading rumors about God's children. You're spreading rumors about God's children. And see, what happens is, and he's a loving father, and the Bible says he absolutely hates gossip. Aren't you glad I'm talking about this subject today? You see, there's, there's something attractive about the sin of gossip, isn't it? Come on, there's just something that's luring, it's attractive. And, you know, Proverbs, here's Solomon again. He says, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. You know, I went to England and I brought back all these chocolates because they're famous about chocolates. And my wife, I brought her some chocolate bars that are this long and this wide. I mean, it's Cadbury chocolates. And then they have this new one. It's called, I think it's called Simplicity or something like that. I mean, it's like, it's like chocolate for women to die for. Okay, it's triple extra smooth, you know, and then I went to this place called Harrods is in downtown London and it's the most expensive store in all the world. And I, you go buy a little girl dress. I was going to buy my daughter because I only have one daughter, five sons, and she's the youngest. I said, I'm going to go buy her dress over here at Harrods. And when I went and went to go look at it, it was 300 pounds, which means it would be about four hundred dollars. See, little, everything in there is designer everything. So I bought the chocolate on sale. And they had some white chocolate. And I remember I just told my wife, I said, baby, whatever you do, I just want, you know, when I bring you, you know, I give her the chocolate. I, said, I just want to be able to taste that white chocolate because the rest was chocolate. And so she was like, okay, okay. Well, 
I come in that day and I'm like, hey, where's that white chocolate thing? And she goes, oh. Um, she goes, I ate it all. Like, are you serious? You ate it all? I mean, I wanted to tell everybody. My wife, you know, I am right now. See, I'm gossiping. <laughs> you, see, you see, what happens is, it, it says this. It says, gossips are like choice morsels. Listen to this. They go down to the innermost parts. There's something sickening and enjoyable about the sin of gossiping. You ever notice that? Man, y'all are quiet. Either you're convicted, you're listening, or God's speaking to you because you came here before, you know, and you were gossiping this morning. Or last night. Or the day before. Whatever. If, if, you know, if sharing or reading, you know, the thing I've learned, if you're sharing or you're reading something online, gossip is an area of struggles. If it's an area of struggles for you, let me just say, let's be honest about it. You're just drawn to gossip. And see, ask yourself and answer truthfully. Why do you participate in gossip? Don't answer out loud. Okay. What draws you in? Maybe it makes you feel important. Or maybe it may, it may, you just, you're in the know. I'm in the know. Oh, you know, before they said that, so-and-so told me they were going to say that anyway. You know, you're just in the know. Sometimes we enjoy hearing dirt. Come on. Why does the star and I don't, what are all those other things? I don't know. That, you know, why do they sell? Because it, it's dirt. You know, you go to the checkout line at Walmart and it goes, did you know Beyonce said? Come on. I don't know. Whatever. We feel better. We just feel better about ourselves when, when else someone else looks bad. And, you know, maybe we're just dissatisfied with our lives and we want to hear about other people's life. Because we're just boring. Or really, I, I really believe this behavior is a reflection of the depths of our own sinfulness in our own hearts sometimes. Before, before you post, before you comment, before you share or tell or on Twitter or anything else, Facebook, I want you to consider these things. Number one, I want you to you get your notes. This is the first one. I, want, I have three points, and I just want to share them with you this one. The first point is, is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Say it with me. Can you all say this first point? Say, is my, come on, is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Okay, here it is, Ephesians. This is Apostle Paul speaking, and here he is speaking to the Ephesians, and he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others. So if you want, if, if, if what you intend to communicate is wholesome, don't type it. Don't, don't tweet it and don't post it. Hello? Because I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Because what happens is sometimes I've seen people, they, they, you know that there are endorphins that are given off when you get a like on your Facebook? It's like a drug. People, you know, I got, you know at the end of the day, I got 100 likes. <laughs> you know, I can tell. It's, it gives endorphins. And you know that you can actually buy friends? 
If you're dissatisfied about your life and you only get three likes and your friend over there gets 400 and you're like, I feel I don't feel important. I don't feel anything. And then you can actually buy friends. Did you know that? I didn't know that to this week. As I was researching, I was just like, what? Are you serious? You know, some people just, I mean, maybe you've just gossiped so much and they don't want you to, to tell you anything. But see, what happens is, what happens is, if you want to, if you intend to do something like that, I just want the followers of Jesus, I want you to say, I, I want everything we say to build up others. That's what we should be. As a pastor, I have to, I have to be clear. People have to be able to trust me. Hello. If I'm going around and I'm known as a reputation, I'm going to talk about if I'm known as has a reputation, I can't keep something in confidence. Guess what? Or Pastor Jamie can't keep something in confidence. Then you're not going to share your heart. Hello. You see, Proverbs says it like this. Proverbs 16, uh, verse 27, 28. This is Solomon again. Scoundrels create trouble. Sounds like one of my family reunions. Their words are a destructive blaze. You know, words can burn you. We can get burned by words. I was talking to someone that doesn't come to our church. I was just sharing with someone and they began to share with me. And she says, my husband's words have really wrecked my life. In fact, it has wrecked my life so much that I'm just so, I was insecure before the marriage, but now I'm really insecure because I never know what he's going to call me. He's called me the B word. He's called me this. He's called me that. And it's like, she's going like, what? And can I just say something? This goes, you know what? Husbands, you name your wives. You name them. And if you name them, you're stuck with what you named them. Hello? You wonder why the intimacy flow is gone? Well, if you call her something, she don't want to be intimate with somebody's wrecking on her. Come on. Thank you. That's a side note from this message. Because what happens is we name. Your words matter. And what you say really matters. It matters to your children. It matters to your mate. It matters to your friends. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful? You see, we're really good at disguising our gossip, aren't we sometimes? Let me give you a couple of things. I started thinking about, you know what? You can say something. I've always admired her, but after what she said last week, or for years, I've respected him, but let me tell you what I just found out. Hello? How about a prayer meeting? You go to a prayer meeting, and man, you can spread gossip at a prayer meeting. Come on. How many of you have ever been to a prayer meeting and people talking gossip? They talking smack. Come on, are y'all, come on, I'm going to loosen it up here, all right? Can I just, all right? See, what happens, please, you know, please pray for Megan. If your name's Megan, we're not talking about you. Please, she's doing things with her boyfriend she shouldn't be doing. You know, I passed by the house, her boyfriend's house last night, and she was there at 11 o'clock. We need to pray for me. I got a burden from, and I went by at 2 o'clock, and her car was still there. 
And you know what? We really need to pray for Megan and her boyfriend. You know, they shouldn't be living, they shouldn't be hanging out that long. And I don't really don't know if really they have a really clean relationship. But as I passed go, to go to work at seven o'clock, her car was still there. I have a burden for Megan. Let's pray for Megan. Let's pray for Bob. He stays away from that woman in the county who keeps flirting with him. Hey, I saw Jen, not Jen here. I saw Jen. You know, we just need to lift up Jen. What's up with Jen? She's been boozing it at the club. Last night I drove by. She wasn't there. If you're going, let, let, if you're going to res- request prayer, do it in a way that doesn't make others look bad. Everything can, hey, listen, everything you say can be true, but not everything that is true needs to be said. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? The second thing is, I'm, here's a question Am I making private matters public? Okay, here's Proverbs. Proverbs is like, it is, a, it is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensitive person keeps quiet. That means they shut their trap, Pastor Bubba's version. Shut your trap. In other words, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. In other words, you know, I have a friend that... Um, him and his wife, pastors, and they were helping this couple. And this, this man came up and he confessed that he had adultery. And, and, and he talked to his wife and the pastor and his wife were working with them. And they were just making great strides. And God was, she's forgiven him. And they were really working things out for them to be able to do well. And, and in fact, he said, you know what, now that there's a confidence, let's just open up the circle of trust and confidence and invited them to a group where there was a few couples. And, and they said, hey, look, in this group, you know, I just want to let everybody remind everybody that whatever we do in this group is in confidence. Whatever happens here stays right here. And so, you know, they begin to share and they, they, they feel confidence with people there and they begin to share their story. And actually, there was a couple there that experienced the same thing. And they begin to minister to them and say, look, God brought us through this. God helped us through this. And you know what? God can help you. And, and, and what happened after they had met with this group, what happened? One of the ladies that was in the group decided to pull out her cell phone. And say, please pray. And she wrote their names. Because Bob and Teresa were going through difficulties. And Bob committed adultery on Teresa. So we need to pray for them. In fact, it was at his work. Okay, look at me. Adultery didn't kill that marriage. Because you know what she did? After she saw that, she was horrified. Because it was supposed to be a place of confidence. And when she saw that, she said, I can't go to soccer games. I can't go to baseball games. Three days later, she filed for divorce. Adultery didn't kill that marriage. Gossip did. Gossip. You see, Proverbs says it like, when, when, when arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another secret, another person's secret. Let me ask you a question. How many of you got some secrets about your mate that you ain't telling nobody? Jamie, I mean, Cheryl, you got any on Jamie? All right, good. Others may accuse you of gossip 
And you will never regain your good reputation. Okay. Now, this is what I want you to do this morning. Go ahead and put your feet out this morning. Because if I haven't stepped on your shoes this morning or your feet yet, I want you to be prepared because I'm fixing to step hard on them in a minute. And I got heels on my shoes this morning. And I just want to let you know because I just believe that, you know what, I believe that, that, that I, want, I just believe that God wants to speak to us this morning. Amen? Because I believe that all of us struggle with this. I've struggled with this. Can I just be honest? Well, that's it, Pastor. I'm never coming to you. But I can look, I can stand up here and say, you know, when it comes to people being confident, having confidence in me not to say anything, I don't. Okay? And people that know me, they know that about my wife and I. And number three, am I permitting others to gossip? Proverbs said like this. Here's Solomon again. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. It's not only wrong to dish it out. It's also wrong to eat it up. In other words, if you permit it, you promote it. Not only will you not do it, but don't hang around those who do. If you talk about others, you need to know this. They're probably going to talk about you too. Hey, there's, free, there's four approaches. I don't know if it's in your notes, but I just want to talk about them a little bit. Four approaches to handling gossips. There can be a subtle thing where, you know, you look at somebody, you know what? I'm not really feeling comfortable <laughs> with what we're talking about right here in this conversation. I, I just don't feel good about it. That's subtle. Or you can be caring. If Joe knew we were talking about them, I think it would hurt him. I think we need to stop. Or you can use the biblical approach. If you have a problem, the Bible says you're to go to them face to face. If you can't say it in front of them, don't say it behind them. Come on. Let's do a survey. How many of you have ever been hurt by someone that said something about you that wasn't even true? I remember on the playground, fifth grade at MP Moss in Lafayette. And when you're in fifth grade, come on. When you're in fifth grade and someone speaks a lie to you, those are fighting words. You know what I'm talking about? You know, or, or you get in high school and, and, you know, they had a girl that, that she was actually deceived by a man that was actually a predator. And he wanted, he wanted her to reveal something on her body to him. And so he talked her into it. And what happened, she thought it was someone that was her same age. And he said, if you do, I won't put it anywhere. And what happened, and maybe you heard the story, is she, she, she revealed her chest to him. And what happened is he said, he, and the next day, to her horror, he promoted it all over Facebook. All over the internet. The girl was so devastated. Seventh grade. Think about it. Seventh grade. That all of a sudden she goes, I don't have a world. She tells her parents what happens. And they call the police and they can't, they can't put it off. It's already, when it's out there, it's out there. And what happens is she moves schools. And she moves schools and then somebody finds out she's the girl that they saw on the internet. Then she becomes suicidal because she feels no value, no worth. And, and, you know, everything, everything she's ever shared has been betrayed. Are y'all with me this morning? 
And she started sh- going to the council, sharing her struggles. And she asked her mom and dad, just take me out of school. I don't want to go to school anymore. It's too hard. It's too difficult. And she wrote a letter. And she began to write about how she had been trusted someone and they betrayed her. It wasn't gossip, but it was like it. On October 10th, three years ago, they found her in her room. She hung herself. Gossip. False impression. Pastor, but why are you being like that? Because, you know, what? I want to be direct this morning. If you, keep, if you keep talking about others, that's what you have to do. I'm not hanging out with you. I remember a guy that was building one of our church buildings. He went on to be with the Lord, thank God. And one day he's talking about my pastor. And I go, wait a minute, bro, here's my rule. If you start talking about someone I know or someone I love, this is uh, the gospel truth of what I told him. I said, look, and it doesn't matter, his, you know, I'm going to call his name Bill. It wasn't, but that's use it. I said, Bill, stop right there. He's been my pastor for back then, 20-whatever years. And I said, I said, let me tell you something. I've wept with him. I've seen him humble himself. I've been in prayer with him. I've seen him walk through struggles. I've seen him. He's just a real person to me. What you think and what you see and what you're saying, you don't even know the facts. And I said, in fact, if you don't call him the next 15 minutes and tell him you've got a problem with him, I'm calling him. Oh, Pastor Bubba. No, don't pass the Bubba me now. And he did. He called. And it worked it out. Hello. Is that me? No. It's just, it's just, I'm not listening to it. Someone come talk to me about Pastor Jamie. I go, wait, stop, stop. Hey, don't, don't go there. I know Pastor Jamie. I know his marriage. I know his kids. I know what he struggles with. And that's not what he struggles with. He doesn't go skating. You didn't see him at the skating rink. Hello. You know what I'm saying? You ever have somebody just start start saying something and you just go, are you serious? Listen to me very carefully. If someone will gossip to you, they will gossip about you. But if they know that the lines have been drawn in the sand, they go, wait a minute. Um, You better not talk to him. See, there's two uh, times when we have to talk. There are times we have to talk about someone in a third person, but it's very rare. And let me give you a couple. When, when you're saying something constructive, you should say it in front of that person. Hello. I've done this. I, I, I do just to tease people and say, hey, we were talking behind your back just a while ago. And you just walked up. Really? What were you saying? We were talking about how we just want to do this and that and this. Oh, really? Wow. And the second way that you can talk about someone when everyone in the conversation wants to help that person. What do you mean? Maybe helping them someone get into rehab. You know, it was great. The other day I had a guy that we actually sent uh, to Teen Challenge and he was on his four day pass and he's only got 48 days left. And he came and visited Pastor Josh and I at the office and he said, I remember last time I sat on this this couch and I told you, Pastor Bubba, you ain't getting me to do nothing. And he goes, I remember you looked at me. He goes, that's your problem. You haven't let anybody help you do anything your whole life. He goes, you really got me. 
And he goes, thank you. Thank you that you spoke to me the truth when I needed to hear it. Because you know what? He goes, Pastor Bubba, I'm going to graduate in 48 days. And he, I mean, Pastor Josh, I pray for him. He's going to get married. He already has a boy that's older, but he's going to get right with his girlfriend. And the first thing he does when he graduates Teen Challenge is get married. Come on, that's a good thing to do, isn't it? And, you know, it, maybe that is helping someone. It maybe it's helping someone that's walked away from God. Maybe it's, it's, it's helping someone that's cheated on their spouse. And you go, man, we're, you're going to make it. We're not going to talk behind your back. We're not going to talk bad about that other person. We're going to see what God can do. Everyone, everyone who wants to live a godly life will eventually be persecuted. Come on, let me just tell you that. All of us are going to face things. Don't be shocked. I heard someone say, the longer you serve the Lord, everything they did to Jesus that people eventually do to you. Don't be shocked by this. See, don't be discouraged by it either. Don't be overwhelmed by it. Expect it. You see, am I in the right church this morning? I just want to make sure. You don't have to do anything wrong to be persecuted. On the contrary, it's often the people that are doing the right thing that draw criticism. When someone says something cruel about you because of your faith, don't be ashamed. Instead, thank God for you belong to Jesus. Praise God that he's chosen you. As you're led and enabled by God's spirit, let me just say, you either respond in love or realize that you don't always have to respond. Hello? If you can't respond in love, don't say nothing. Go away and just go, God, help me. Because sometimes you go, God, just turn your face because I want to pop them right now in the nose. You ever feel that way? I can't believe a pastor said that. Well, I'm just being really real with you this morning. Unfortunately, God, no, not unfortunately. Ultimately, God is your defender and you live for him. Yes, it's really tough when other people shoot at you. Believe me, I understand. Look, since I've been a pastor, no, since I've been a Christian, I've been hit with a shovel. I've been cussed at. I've been cussed out. And, and like there's times I want to go, God, can I just say a few choice words that make me feel good? It won't be right, but I'll feel better. Because I want to cuss back at them. Hello. I've been in situations where like, oh, my God, God, you better show up. See, all of us. Want to be liked by others. Come on. How many people want to be loved and liked? Come on. Let let me find out. How many of you really want to be loved? Come on, give yourself a hug. Come on, give yourself a hug. We all want to be loved. Come on. When you read, you you know, you can pull out your, let me see your thing here. Are you texting in service, Daniel? Come on now. What are you saying? Let's see. All right. I'm going to turn it off so I don't want to see. But what happens is, what happens is sometimes you can read a hundred good comments about yourself, but it only takes one bad one to wreck your day. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You can go in there and you go, wow, they like, ooh, yeah, she, she likes. You get an endorphin high. Then all of a sudden, what happens is you get this one negative thing. 
He got a pointy nose. I got a pointy nose. I don't know what it is, but it's that one one negative comment, which what happens is you don't focus on all the good things that everybody said. You focus on the one bad thing that you heard from one person. Come on. Anybody live in a real world here? If you're like me, it often takes only one negative voice to drown out the positive ones. Becoming, let me just say, being obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God really thinks about you. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God. That his thoughts toward you are like the grains of sand. He loves you enough. And you imagine getting on the sand and on the beach and getting on sand, getting on the beach and pulling out just a little, just a little, you know, like a little, the little shovels that little kids have for their buckets you buy at Walmart or dollar store. And it has, I don't know how many grains of sand, that little thing, but lots of them. God says his thoughts towards you are like the grains of sand. And you know what would be really wild? If God just said, oh, by the way, I want you to take every grain and I want to speak to you about every thought I have about you. Wouldn't that be crazy? There'd be thousands of things. You know what? There's not one thing. Let me just say this. I have one little girl and I love her. I love her. I love her. I adore her. Okay, people, oh, she passed it. When you have a girl, she's going to wrap you. I go, yeah, right. She, they were right. <laughs> and I, and uh, Olivia, I call her Livy for short. That's, her, you know. But her and I have this little thing and we talk about, I'll just say, I love you. Yeah, I love you more than the moon. I love you. You know, we'll just go on things. And then, and what I like sometimes is, She'll just come and she'll just sit on my lap when we're watching a program or TV or a movie. And she'll get her little blanket. She's 11 now. I don't know how much longer that's going to last. Because my leg goes numb. <laughs> and <laughs> not because I don't want it. It just goes numb. I can be honest with you. But I can't imagine what it would be like. I remember one day, Luke is a, a year older, a little, a little over a year older than her. And one day, a little boy, and like she's always been told she's beautiful, she's wonderful, and she's a crafts kind of person. She likes flowers and people, and if you know her, she'll write a note to you and tell her, you know, she'll give you a picture. I mean, that's true. Am I lying, Cheryl? Virginia, you know. No. And so what happens is one day when she was like in second grade, a boy came, told her she was ugly. Her brother that's two grades above her wanted to take him out. And I gave him permission and I repented. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was pointing out the boy. I'm going to take him out myself. I don't need you. But isn't it wild that we can, that, that words really do matter? The bottom line, we have to embrace the truth that words matter. And the words you speak are incredibly important. Look at me. And they're very powerful. They're very powerful. And when God speaks, we just know. They used to have, that, they used to have this commercial. It was called, When E.F. Hutton Speaks, Everybody Listens. Anybody that's under 20, you don't know that commercial. 
But I remember as it, you know, I remember it like people would be on the plane and guy would be talking and goes, well, you know, when E.F. Hutton and the whole plane would go. I believe this. Your words matter. And Matthew says it like this. But I tell you, this is Jesus. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word. Listen, they have spoken. That'll make me repent right there. Are you hearing me? One day we're going to stand before the king of kings, the judge of this universe, and give account of every word we've spoken. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? He says, this is for by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. What do you mean? My words have the power of life and death. Your words have the power of life and death. I want to be caught speaking well of people, especially as a pastor. I want people to have confidence that can trust me with my, with, with my words and when I speak. We have a world that just speaks so many things, and words don't mean anything to this world. When, you know, we can look at the news, and we can look at our leaders, and they make all these promises. Come on, it's words. And all of a sudden, they give these words, and all of a sudden, they go, they back out of it because some political thing, and I've turned the TV off. I really have because I'm tired of the whole political thing. Hello, because everybody's saying this. Well, you know, he said, and he said, and forget that, man. It's It's like living in a zoo. It's the cheetah laughing at the penguin. I don't know where that came from, but anyway. I want to be called speaking well of people, not against them. Are you hearing me? I want to believe the best and assume. And you know what? It, rather than assume the worst. Don't, isn't it amazing that sometimes as people we assume the worst and then we believe the best after we've assumed the worst? I want, to be able to, I want people to be able to trust me. I want people to have confidence in me. I want people to be able to go, you know what? He's a man of confidence. You can, you can trust him. You see, I serve a God of good news. You know, God's, he, let me just, can I get off of this? God is a God of good news. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? Here's the good news. Jesus died for you. He shed his blood. He took the keys of hell, death, and the grave from the enemy. Come on. You think Michael Jackson can dance? Jesus was dancing. Backed out with the keys. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He had the keys of hell, death, and the grave. And we know that he conquered the grave because he rose. Resurrection. You know, it had never happened before that someone that was dead, like dead, came alive. And you cannot go to Jerusalem or, uh, and find the bones of Jesus on display. Come on. The tomb was empty. Okay, we can, but here's the thing. The tomb was empty because you know what? The power of the gospel is this. It's good news. Wherever direction you were going, whatever was happening in your life, you tried your best. Come on. And you saw where it got you. And here it is. You might be trying your best right now and you don't really know Jesus in a personal way. My question is, how's that working out for you? Because see, the Bible, 
the gospel is good news that man lives selfishly. Man lives to please himself. Then all of a sudden you got to come to the point where you go, you know, it's not about me. It's about me dying to myself. Pastor Jamie preached the word last week. You know, he talked about, you know, know, is by the blood of the lamb, by the word of your testimony, you don't count your life dear unto yourself. That was my scripture when I walked through cancer. I believe the blood is going to wash me and empower me. I'm going to have a testimony. I'm going to have the ability to tell a story. That's the good news. Are you hearing me? The good news is I got a story to tell somebody. I used to be a terrible gossip, but guess what? You can trust me now. Really? Watch me. Because see, let me tell you something. There's five gospels. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then there's you. And most people won't read the first four, but they'll always read you and the way you live. It's the fact. And see, it's good news. Sammy, say it with me. Say good news. So if it's not profitable, if it's not helpful, and it's hurtful, you shouldn't be saying it. 